Welcome to the State of Business with the Ohio Society of CPAs. I'm Jessica Salerno, Senior Content Manager at OSCPA, and this is the show where we bring you the latest news impacting the business and accounting world from top experts. And after you've finished this episode, please rate and review us on whatever podcast app you're using to listen. In this episode, I spoke with Steve Black, Senior Manager of Human Resources at Brixie & Meyer, about what people want in a job. Steve wrote a series of blog articles focusing on input and output cultures. And for this specific piece, he says there are four things people want from their jobs. The first is to know that their contributions make a significant impact or difference. The second is being part of something big. The third is feeling a sense of belonging. And the fourth is to go on a meaningful journey. We spoke about all of those areas and how they add up to a more fulfilling work experience. Here's what he had to say. When you look at what, a, what an input culture is, I looked at those as <clears throat> cultures that really just prize input type metrics. So number of hours you work. So you show up in the office and you've worked 55 hours. Well, that's an input. You may have not really done anything real great. You may have shuffled papers all day. And that never really added the value that the, the organization wanted. I contrasted that with what, what I called an output culture. <clears throat> and an output-based culture, you start to see that there's a lot of intentionality. You start to see that there's alignment within the organization of the purposes, the plans, and the outcomes. And the rewards are set up <clears throat> where you have people who are doing that are recognized and rewarded. So it could be somebody who comes in and maybe they only work 35 hours a week, but yet they have been able to just hit every one of their milestones, every one of their key performance indicators shows that they are just, they're killing it. They're doing a great job in the workplace. That, that's an output. You're, you're prizing the right thing. You're prizing the product. You're prizing the outcomes. So the, the blog post you read, when I was getting to that, I was looking at well, what, what type of person really, really wants that, what they want an output-based culture. And so what, what do those type of people really want? And so the four that you, you alluded to, they wanna know that their contributions make a significant impact or difference, be part of something big, feel a sense of belonging and go on a meaningful journey. When I looked at those four, those were all things that top performers want. They wanna show up in a, in a workplace where they see a tight connection between what they're doing, that it has significance and it, it contributes to the overall aims and goals of the organization, their team, and also their own personal goals. So there's that real tight alignment. They also wanna be part of something big. They, they wanna see that this organization is doing something really cool. And it doesn't always mean that they say, I'm excited about this product. So for instance, I was in a job where I worked in a home care company. <clears throat> I loved the vision we had for that, but I had never up to that point had a passion about home care in and of itself. But I was part of something big. We were changing lives and we were doing good for people in their homes and for our employees. That's what I wanted to be a part of. Uh, that, that feeling, just that sense of belonging is there's, we live in a world today and I think COVID has really exposed this. We're meant for community. We're meant for uh, being a part of something. 
And so when we start identifying and we start seeing that I belong here, I resonate with what we're trying to do. And the people here are people who I have commonality with. And we all have an opportunity to, to be together as a group, a tribe, as an, an organization that's moving forward and doing some really, really cool stuff. And, and that, that speaks that language of journey, you know, meaningful journey. It's when, I, when I'm talking to so many people, whether it be recruiting or internally with retention, is they, they want to have that purpose. They want to have purpose in life and they want to be able to say, what I'm doing at work aligns with this grander journey I'm going on in life of I want to grow, I want to develop. And I preface all of that with these are the, the top performers. There's a lot of people who don't want this stuff. And that's when I look at what, what people want in a job is when I look at that is those are the people that really want to do great things. And I thought it was interesting that you mentioned, you know, knowing that, that your contributions make a difference because I think I completely agree with you that that is important to people, especially if they're looking to um, feel fulfilled and get meaning out of their role. But I'm curious, how does that change depending on what level you are? And I'm thinking specifically here, like it might be easier to point to people in management or leadership positions and say, these are the things that they're doing that is really contributing and, and making a difference. It might be harder for someone who is maybe on the entry level side to see that. That's an awesome question. And that's, that's, one of the primary roles I would say any supervisor should have. <clears throat> they should be meeting with, with their, their people, their team members on such a regular basis that every single team member knows exactly where they stand in the eyes of their supervisor, in the eyes of the organization. <clears throat> and that should be the good and the bad. It should be, here's where you're making a difference. Let me help you see this. And, and recognizing positive behavior and positive actions because that reinforces it and that that's good for an organization reinforce what's important and what you want to see and then if you have to address things that are adverse to some of those aims you address it in real time and that feedback is so vital that if i'm doing my job and i'm getting good feedback negative feedback constructive feedback that shows one of the primary things i think most people are looking for in any relationship is an ounce of caring and an ounce of that, this person cares about me as a person and my development, that they take the time to point out the good, the great, the not so great, the bad, that they're taking that time. I, I was in a job, so my, my first, I call it my first adult job, I was a high school teacher. And I, I had a great situation. <clears throat> I was in a great school, I had a great teaching job. I was at a point that I, I led the department and I was able to to write the schedule. I could pick my own schedule basically and shape a lot of what took place in our department. But it got to a point where I had a great relationship with the administration, but the administration was never in my classroom. They had no idea how I did as a teacher firsthand, but yet they would always give me empty praise. And when I saw that, it was, I, I don't really know if my contributions make a big impact or difference. I'm, I'm just banking on it, but no one's ever instructing me and giving me feedback. So I'm just guessing that I am. And that, I think that's a lonely feeling. 
And that's so interesting that you um, like phrase it from that perspective of, of contributions and having others acknowledge those because I think that's a really good point. You know, you're working so hard and maybe you're thinking, how much of a difference is this making for the organization, for my team? And to have someone be able to say, I see what you're doing and here's where you're doing well, here's where you could improve. I mean, that makes sense that it would totally, it would totally make a big difference in, in right. how someone feels about their organization. Yeah, I'm, I'm amazed of how the, one of the most beneficial, cheapest and easiest ways for professional and personal growth, when we talk performance management or we talk about just growth, is simple, kind, and informative words. It's, it's words that have meaning. It's recognition that's timely. You know, the fact of you know, when you tell somebody specifically what they did well, and it also makes you feel like, wow, okay, I, I, maybe I didn't see this in myself. I do a good job at this. So what, what's that going to make you do next time? You're going to keep doing it, and you're going to keep getting better, and you're going to grow. And that didn't cost me anything to say. But it's, it's, I think we miss that in the workplace so much. Mm-hmm. We don't point out the obvious contributions that people make, and they never know. And sometimes we overlook a potential superstar or somebody that's going to just, just be amazing in their job because we've unleashed their potential just by being intentional with them. And I would also say, I know that we, we talk about um, managers and leadership, but I think that that can go a long way from even your peers. Mm. Like, like you said, when someone on your team, um, maybe at the same level, as you, or maybe even technically um, on a lower level, um, depending on uh, the hierarchy, kind of recognizes and says something about, you know, like, I appreciate that you did this, or I see that, like, you're working really hard, and that this is, that you've really gotten very skilled in this area. I think that can also be something where you're like, oh, like, again, other people are noticing how hard I'm working. Yes, and it, it also is something that sets people apart. We, we live in a day and age of a lot of empty words and it, it's amazing how I've even caught myself recently of having flippant words when I talk to people of just saying things like, hey, how are you? And I don't mean it. It's just something I naturally just say. But to try to be more intentional to say something specific to them that shows I've actually thought about this question and comment that I'm going to ask you or what I'm going to say. And the same thing goes with that recognition. And the same thing goes from all levels. And I think we see people, sometimes people are new in their career, but they are light years ahead of being able to articulate specifically what they see in another person. And that just builds more rapport and builds greater relationships. Oh, absolutely. And um, another another point that you mentioned in your blog post, you know, is being part of something big. Mm-hmm. And I love that you kind of reference. Sometimes I think it's easy to equate those things with, you know, our big um, like world issues, like ending world hunger. Just because, and you point out, you know, just because maybe you're not a part of an initiative like that doesn't mean that you can still be a part of something bigger than yourself, which I loved that perspective. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And it, 
we miss out so many times in the workplace of people that are just unbelievable in what they do because we haven't connected it to this bigger purpose. Or sometimes we've hired the wrong people because they didn't understand what we were about. And it reminds me earlier of what you mentioned when you were talking about um, the job where you really connected. You hadn't maybe thought of being um, in, was it home care or health care? Uh, it was home health care. Home health care, yeah. Um, in that area before, uh, but you did connect to the mission and, and the work that they were doing, which I think for a lot of people, you know, unless you, you do have one of those like very dramatic jobs, like where you're a doctor or maybe like saving lives in, in some aspects, sometimes it can kind of feel like, well, like how, how does the work that I'm doing impact others? But when you're a part of a great organization like that, they should be able to kind of inform you and hopefully you can embrace that work. Absolutely. And it's, it, it would be an amazing exercise for any company, for the company leadership to make sure that they talk to every single person within their organization and be able to say, here's what we're about. And I want to hear from you or I want to talk to you to show you how you directly impact it. And some of those discussions could easily lead to, wow, this job description's outdated. <laughs> or, or, wow, I didn't realize you didn't recognize that how much you do for this organization. And just think of the opportunities for retention just by doing something simple like that. And I think sometimes we equate maybe recognizing and, um, and praising people for the work that they've done is more something that you get older, you should just know. Yeah. Or that you're, you're too mature for kind of that sort of stuff. But it's really not true. I feel like in what I've been reading lately and just like seeing other, other people say about what makes them feel good about their company. That's good. And have you, have you ever heard somebody say when you, when you hear a discussion about recognition or a workshop that somebody says, well, you know, I don't want to recognize somebody too much because other people will get jealous. Or you hear, I don't, want to, I don't want it to sound empty. Right, right. And when I hear things like that, it, it totally misses the point of it, of good recognition takes thought. Good recognition is the opportunity to be very directional and strategic. And good recognition should focus upon your best performers. And it should be something that is telling the rest of the organization, this is what excellence looks like. This is the expectation. And this is what I want to coach you toward if you're not already doing it. Right, like earlier when you referenced like not giving like um, empty praise to people because you know eventually they realize like, oh, this person doesn't really know what I'm doing. They're just like saying these things because they think that's what they need to say. Absolutely, absolutely. It also kind of puts the, for I guess employees or the people who are maybe looking for recognition in a somewhat vulnerable position because those people, if they're having conversations, you know, with senior level like leadership, to be able to say, you know, like, I do want to be recognized. Like, it makes me feel good and it makes me feel valued when you recognize my hard work, I think can, can feel kind of funny to say, to say that you need that. 
there are a lot of opportunities I think of right now that COVID has brought up that has humanized or at least shown the need for humanization in the workplace. And, and these is just this topic we're discussing right now is just one of those really core things that it's just taken a really difficult situation, I think, to almost put an exclamation point behind it. When, when we think of the generational differences in the workplace, and I know millennials get, get so much negativity heaped on millennials, and it, it totally misses some of the awesome things millennials have brought to the workplace and now Generation Z. The millennials really led the charge to start saying almost a lot of what I wrote in that article. I, I, almost, I almost get a sense of it's in everybody's DNA that this is what we want if we're a top performer. But it took the courage of the millennials to really make it known. And that was, that was an exciting contribution I think that generation has made to the workplace. That's cool. I like how you frame it to courage because sometimes being open, you know, with leadership and management and even, even your team about certain things that you might think, oh man, like, I don't know how they'll react to this, but, but I feel strongly about like sharing this, like that can take courage. It, yeah. It, it, it's, it's kind of neat. I mean, this is somewhat yeah, metaphorical, but the, one of those courageous things is <clears throat> Millennials went up to the wall and took down the mission and values and actually put them into the, the stream of the whole organization. They forced that conversation. And how did they force it? They left the job. They went somewhere else. And then as feedback started coming out, all of a sudden it's like, oh, these mission, vision, and values have got to be more than a wall hanging. Oh, they should be part of the DNA. Oh, yeah, that makes sense maybe we should take these serious and maybe they act as anchors and oh you know what they do and now people get excited and wow i've got a workforce that's really engaged about what we're trying to do and oh and along the same line my company's more productive and that was what i was wanting to get at all along yeah and it just kind of I don't want to say like naturally evolved there. Cause like you mentioned, I think millennials do get a lot of grief <laughs> for a lot of things, but they also weren't necessarily saying anything different than any other generation. Maybe they were just more vocal about it. They were saying things that people have probably wanted all along. Yes. Or you start to think of some other generations where <clears throat> no, maybe it, maybe it wasn't necessarily the, the primary motivator. But the work, the workplace has become interesting because as other, other institutions in our world have broken down a little bit more, so you think of church or you think of uh, different, different social clubs or different things that those have broken down a little bit more, the workplace has become such a dynamic place where people come to meet friends, to have relationships, to go beyond just showing up punching in, punching out, and going home, it's become a more, much more vibrant community. And that speaks to a lot of, if I'm going to have a vibrant community that I'm doing stuff with, I want it to have meaning. I want it to have purpose. So the generational difference may be there a little bit, that it may not be seen exactly the same through the lens of every generation, because the purposes of coming to work have shifted and changed. But, it, but this what we're seeing now, in my opinion, is, is really based upon some of those things 
that the workplace is a place that now you can be part of something big. You can find contributions that are meaningful. And, and that in those workplaces that are doing a great job of defining it and letting people know what, what they're about, they're the ones that we're seeing get really excited and attracting some of the top talent out there. And when we talk about, you know, the, the workplace and how it's evolving and changing and, and what people want out of it, another point that you mentioned in the article is creating a sense of belonging, that mm -hmm. a sense of belonging is really important. And I'm curious, how do you think that looks now that when we talk about sense of belonging, um, we're talking even more about diversity, equity, and inclusion issues yeah. and bringing people in who might not have your background or look like you. What do you think that means when we're talking about a sense of belonging? I mean, I, I'm on that journey right now. I think of thinking through that and what that means to do it well. The first thought that comes to my mind is that I'm enthused about in, in our organization and what I'm seeing from other organizations is people are actually talking about substantive matters around the space. Like that, that belonging piece so often starts with just talking and listening and starting to reshape what, what the norm or what, the, what belonging means in an individual workplace and starting to see is like, oh, you didn't feel this way because of something that may be a different qualifier of who you are or, or, or really what, who you are as you come to the workplace. And that's forcing, I think, some really great discussions around this. So that's the first thing, the, the, the talking and listening. And as we talk about that topic, it also is pretty cool to start to redefine what we talk about with fit in the workplace. Like, like what is cultural fit? And how, how in some ways, some organizations have limited what they, the type of person that comes into the workplace all in the name of cultural fit. So it's forcing conversations to be had in that space where we're having to listen better, we're having to think differently, and we're having to make sure that fit does not become exclusive just because it's not like me. Uh, talking about how people can see themselves on a journey, which I loved, again, like that perspective, especially from, you know, really looking at like taking a step back and thinking, how does this role or how does this organization fit into my overall journey? Do you think people are thinking about their careers like a journey enough? I don't think there's a blanket answer for that. But what I, what I, that term is used and I'm, I'm, it's not something unique that I, that I came up with this idea. But when I read a lot of books that talk of marketing specifically, there, there's so much language around the journey you go on with your, your clients. We are, we live in a world around us where journeys are celebrated. I mean, think of, think of every, almost every movie plot. It's, it's the same plot for the most part and and we enjoy it and we go back to it and we see a hero and we see a journey and we see problems and we see a guide coming along and we see this 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 resolution that takes place so we're we're so inundated with our media and our culture and our what we watch and consume with entertainment 
that journey just resonates. And so as we see that we understand it, and then we're seeing that this life, so many of us, all of us are walking through this life. We want to grow. We want to succeed. We want to have meaning. And, and it's all part of that journey. And when you come into the workplace and you find a place that gets that, and you find people that are coming alongside, coming together, helping one another, I think it just fits so much of the motif of what we all what we all really want. We want to have that meaning. And it's not just something you find one day and you're done. It's, it's that whole journey and that process. From a business standpoint, what, what I see with clients, either directly or indirectly with, with other people that are from our firm that are working with people, those businesses and organizations that are doing some of the best work out there and finding most of the success have been able to tap into this, this idea of making sure people are seeing the alignment between the purpose, the plans of what they're doing, and the outcomes that are taking place. And they're attracting people because they've so well defined out who they are, what they're about, and what they want to do, that that becomes attractive. And so it, it's not only just something that's pie in the sky and it's a nicety and we do these things just to make our people feel good. It's good business. And it, it's good for society and it's good. And that, that feels really good when an organization does that. You start to see them understand that it's not only going to be good business, but it's the right thing to do. Thank you to Steve for joining us to talk more about what people want from their careers. What part of this episode resonated with you? You can let me know at jsalerno, J-S-A-L-E-R-N-O, at ohiocpa.com. Please rate and review us on whatever podcast app you're using. We love to hear your feedback. And thanks for listening.